Live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. You ain't desert dwelling mama with a heart of gold that's living in the city soon. Getting old, but the coffee's good. All the traffic makes me scream. I've got to get back to them, take this place. I go insane. Riding through, don't need a house church or a man. Any 
our good friend Adrian to kick things off this Thursday morning with her song, Desert Dwelling Mama. And from cold and rainy Nashville, Tennessee, I'm your host, Gary Holt. Welcome to the show today. And uh, our co-host, Bobby Bell, is traveling. She's been out to visit her mama. And uh, I think she's run into a little snow on her way from Chicago back to Albuquerque. And I'm sure she's listening. So good morning to Bobby Bell out there. And uh, you're missing a great show today. I want to wish our good, good friend, Miss Belinda Gale, a happy birthday. Belinda hosted Blessed Trails with Belinda Gale for about three years with us uh, on Equestrian Legacy Radio. So we want to wish her a very, very happy, happy birthday. We have a fantastic show lined up for you today. We're going to be talking with Miss Dawn Anita today on the Campfire Cafe. And then in the second hour of the show, Mr. Jim McGarvey, the past national chairman of Backcountry Horsemen of America, will be joining us on Saddle Up America. So right now, we're going to invite you to take a deep seat in the saddle, get ready for a great time with Miss Dawn Anita on the Campfire Cafe, and we'll kick things off for this segment with her great song from the CD, Saddling Up for God, Country, and Cowboys, one called Friday Night Cowboys. He knows how to win them When he starts to spin them He's a 
Friday Night Cowboy. That's Dawn Anita, and Dawn Anita is an award-winning singer, songwriter, and author. And one of the things I like about her is she's a real horsewoman, too. So welcome to the show, Dawn Anita. Well, hello there, Gary. I'm so glad to be on today. Uh, I always try to catch your show or the podcast because you have such great guests, and they always seem to have such a great time. Well, thank you so much. And uh, when we have good guests like you, it makes it easy for us. So <laughs> appreciate, you, right. appreciate you listening. Appreciate you listening. Um, tell us a little bit about where you're from. I know you, you're from Oklahoma, but aren't you living pretty close to where you grew up? Yes, uh, we are. In fact, it's about a mile if, as the crow flies. From where I, we lived when I was a young girl and going to school and riding my pinto pony everywhere across around the countryside. Of course, it looked a little different uh, then than it does now, and most of the roads we have are blacktop now going along the places where I rode my horse that was just dirt roads then. But uh, I'm an Okie through and through. <laughs> well, there are a lot of great musicians that have come out of Oklahoma, aren't there? Oh, yes. And, I, you know, I'm, they say it's in the water, but I'm not sure. But anyway, <laughs> we've had some fantastic artists that came from Oklahoma. A lot of them, really. Oh, uh, yeah. It's hard to yeah. even remember, uh, you know, get all their names in your head because there's been so many. Yeah, just but a couple. But we love country music here in, in Oklahoma. Well, we do too here in Tennessee, as you know. I know. <laughs> but, uh, so you started performing, if I am remembering correctly, at about seven years of age. So tell us a little that, bit about your family. I think you did some jamming or something back then. Yes, we had what we called uh, Saturday Night Music Fest at our house. We, My daddy ran a dairy and we were the only house uh, 10 miles between these two little towns that had electricity. And the reason was is because he had gone modern and got milking machines. And so uh, neighbors from miles around would come every Saturday night and play music. And we had just such a good time. And I could always hardly wait till it was my turn to get up and sing. Wow. And then wow. of course and I would sing in school and I and and when I was in uh actually close to where we live now at Velma, which school in Velma and um uh, uh I joined a, a band when I was a, a sophomore in high school. Little country band. So when did you start perform what's your first gig that paid you? Can you remember that? Um, well, yes, I can, and I'm not sure whether I told you this story on our last interview or not, but um, I would get up and try to sing with any band that ever came around or did whatever, and um, so I, the, uh, I, I was at a rodeo, and uh, I was, got up, asked the band if I could get up to sing, and they said yes, and then they had me sing about five or six songs, and uh, um, then they asked me to perform with them, 
and I did, and that was my first paying gig. He told me he'd pay me $25 to sing. Oh, wow. Of course, what he didn't know is that I would have paid him $25 to get to sing. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, when he started to pay me after we got through with uh, uh, singing on that Saturday night, at a, it was at a, one of the bigger clubs around in this area at the time, and he handed me um, 30 $35, and I said, well, I handed him 10 back, and I said, you've overpaid me. And he said, nope, you got a raise. Wow. <laughs> so that wow. was my very first paying gig, and I uh, think that was about in, oh, I can't even remember what year it was, but I, I was pretty young at the time. Now, Married, you but play- pretty young. Yeah, well, I think, and by the way, uh, I think you and Jerry have been married now for, what, 61 years? That's right. We had our 61st first wedding anniversary in September, the latter part of September. So we've uh, we plan on 61 more years, of course. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, there are not many people that can can boast having been married for 61 years. So congratulations to you guys. So well, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 surprised that they let somebody get married before they were even a teenager though. That's a little surprising. <laughs> yeah, there you go. At the we, age we of have, uh, two. Yeah. Yeah, we have laws against that now. We have laws against that now. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's pretty cool. Well, I've got one of this another song from the C D that I want to play and it's one that's called Oklahoma Hills. Tell us about this song. Well, as you know, uh, this was actually, I think, a signature song of Hank Thompson. And when I was working on my album, I wanted to put two uh, songs on there, you know, cover songs. And I always loved that. I did work with uh, Hank Thompson on some shows, and we went on a actually a cruise where I was part, part of the uh, entertainment along with Hank. And I always loved that song so much, so I decided, I believe I'll just record that because it's so true about me also. Right, right. Well, let's take a listen to Oklahoma Hills and come back and talk more with Dawn and Eden in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe. Many a month has come and gone Since I wandered from my home In those Oklahoma hills where I was born Many a page in life has turned Many a lesson I have learned Yet I feel like in those hills I still belong Way down yonder in the Indian nation I rode my pony on the reservation In the Oklahoma hills where I was born Way down yonder in the Indian nation A cowboy's life is my occupation In the Oklahoma hills where I was born But as I sit here today Many miles I am away From the place I rode my pony through the draw Where the oak and blackjack trees Kiss the playful prairie breeze In those Oklahoma hills where I was born 
Way down yonder in the Indian nation I rode my pony on the reservation In the Oklahoma hills where I was born Way down yonder in the Indian nation A cowboy's life is my occupation In the Oklahoma hills where I was born As I turn life a page To the land of the great old sage To those Oklahoma hills where I'm born Where the black oil rolls and flows And the snow white cotton grows In those Oklahoma hills where I was born Way down yonder in the Indian nation I rode my pony on the reservation In the Oklahoma hills where I was born Way down yonder in the Indian nation A cowboy's life is my occupation In the Oklahoma hills Where I was born In the Oklahoma hills Where I was born Oklahoma hills from the CD Selling up for God, Country, and Cowboys and uh, Don, tell us a little bit about your musical experiences because you just mentioned you sang with Hank Thompson and uh, you started performing at a very, very young age. Talk to well, us a little bit about I your have, life you know, as a performer. Uh, you know, um, I think we're all placed on this earth to do something. We each have a talent, and um, I believe that performing and singing – and writing songs was the reason that I'm here because I've always enjoyed it so very much. And like I say, from the early age of seven and then starting professionally at a very young age and uh, graduating from that, a local band to a band in, called the Texas Playboys, uh, which yeah. was the Bob Wills, you know, band. And uh, I really didn't know how lucky I was. I performed with them about five years, and then I started recording, and um, we traveled, you know, all over, everywhere, uh, doing performances, and we went, we came to Nashville, as you know, we rode our horses from uh, (laughs) Oklahoma to Nashville. Tell us about that, because for folks that may not know this story, tell us about you and Jerry traveling to Nashville. Well, now, you know, we didn't have anyone going along uh, in a pickup and making sure we were okay or any, you know, it wasn't a wagon train or anything. It was just me and Jerry on those two horses traveling, and it took us 24 days and 22 days it rained on us. Oh, and it gosh. Was a trip. <laughs> it was a trip that I would never try to do again, but I wouldn't take anything for the trip. You cannot believe all the wonderful people who we met along the way and who were so interested in helping us make it to Nashville. And of course, as you can guess, those people were horse people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of cool the way that horse people take other horse people in. And uh, 
Uh, I, I remember one day I'd been out feeding the horses. It was getting late in the afternoon, and I looked down my driveway, and there was a guy riding up my drive on an Appaloosa, leading another Appaloosa behind him. And uh, I just stood there kind of amazed. You know, one was a pack horse. And he rode all up to the house, and he said, could you put me up in your barn for the night? And I said, well, I'll put your horses up in the barn, but you're going to come in the house, and we'll feed you. So <laughs> horse people are just like that, aren't they? They really are. I mean, I have, there are some amazing stories about that ride, and I have a book, as you know, called One More Last Chance, and it's still available, and that book, uh, tells about all of the various and different people and things that happened on our ride. And we had some uh, scary times, two or three times, and Jerry's horse jumped out in front of a moving van and came oh, within an inch of being hit. And luckily he was not. So we made it through that. And then we were in a lightning and thunderstorm and uh you know, we just praise the Lord that we made it through that. And when we got into Nashville, well, uh, a lady by the name of Laverna Moore, who was one of the top ten backup vocalists for many, many years in Nashville, heard about we had met her. She had sung background on some of my recording sessions that I'd had there. And she insisted that we come stay with uh her and then we had a friend that was actually from from this area Duncan who had a place and he kept our horses there so things worked out the way they were supposed to but it was pretty pretty frightening at time but still very heartwarming and yeah. with so many wonderful people yeah and uh, if I can remember correctly I think you rode your horse right up to fanfare and got off and performed on the stage there didn't you that's right. I stepped off my horse and onto the stage and performed. And uh, I'm telling you, that was a thrilling moment. And, and of course, people, the Nashville Banner at that time, it was about, it was back when Garth Brooks was just becoming really famous and hot. And, of course, he was at, at uh, fan what they called it, Fanfare then. And, right. Uh, but guess who was on the front page of the Nashville Banner? It was me and Jerry on our horses riding <laughs> into Nashville. <laughs> we hadn't planned that at all. We weren't doing it for that. We had had some a real financial, uh, some bad times that had happened to us. And uh, so we were just trying to get away from all our troubles. And believe me, it worked. <laughs> I bet it did. Didn't think about those things at all while you were traveling those 24 days, I don't imagine. No, but, we thought but, about our horses and trying to survive and, you know, making it from day to day. Yeah, yeah. So I remember I asked you one time, I said, did you trailer back to Oklahoma? And you said, no, you ended up staying in Nashville. So tell us about that. Well, we did, and um, I, that led to a lot of things happening, opening up some doors for me. I met a lot of people there in Nashville, and uh, I don't know whether they still have this little Goodlettsville Jamboree uh, out there now or not, but at the time it was a, kind of a real fun thing to do. People would just gather around. It was formerly like a gas station. And right. people would uh, come on Saturday night, and they would sing and perform, 
And so naturally, that was one of the places I wanted to go to see who all was there and maybe get a chance to perform. And uh, the uh, guy that I had met earlier when we on just a trip to Nashville, Benny Martin, was there, and I didn't think he would recognize me at all, but he uh, immediately he said, hey, aren't you that little gal that came into Ernest Tubbs' record shop and sang a song while you, I was sitting on a whiskey barrel? And he said, I played the guitar for you. And I said, that was me. He said, well, oh, I want you to get up there and sing. <laughs> so I did, and that led to they had some um, uh, promoters from Canada there, and that led to a six weeks tour that I did in the eastern part of Canada. That was, I'll, I'll never forget that. That was wonderful. They treated wow. me just like we were royalty. And so there was a lot of things. I met a lot of people, a lot of other songwriters, and a lot of people in the record industry at that time. And uh, came real close to signing a deal, but you know how that happens. It just, you know, you think, oh, this is it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. But I, I did get to meet a lot of people and wrote the songs with a lot of people. So it was a wonderful time. We were there about two years. Wow, wow. That wouldn't have been the long hollow jamboree that you played at, would it? <clears throat> that's exactly what it was. That's, that's <laughs> it, it. Is it still going it, on? It, it's still going on. It's still going on. <laughs> but uh, so interesting, so interesting. It's a pretty small world in the music business, isn't it? Oh, it is. It really is. And there's a small group of people actually in Nashville, if you can ever get your foot in the door, that, uh, you know, they all know each other and they're all uh, kind of a a family there, just a circle of friends. That's right. That is right. Well, I want to get to another song from the CD, Standing Up for Standing Up. Saddling up, I'll get that right in a minute. Saddling up for God, country, and cowboys, and this song is just taking the country and and internationally by storm, and that's one called "Stand Up." I'm talking about Texas. How did you come to write this song? Well, I have a, a writer that I write with, Ronnie Bishop, and um, so I, when I was trying to write some songs, we were talking one day, and he said, "I've had this. I've got this idea about." Uh, a song about standing up for Texas. And then it just evolved from there. And he sent me his ideas. I sent him mine. And then we, the song just evolved. And when I finally went down and recorded it, I knew that I had something special. It's just a song everybody loves to hear. And as you know, it is. it was the number one most played song by Western DJs. Yeah. last Western Way issue. So I was really surprised about that and, of course, very happy about it. Yeah. Well, it is absolutely a great song. So let's go ahead and listen to Stand Up. I'm talking about Texas, and we're going to be talking about Don Anita when we come back on the Campfire Cafe. <laughs> Down to 
seven tones. Lord Percy met this solo queen. Said her daddy was mighty tough and mean. So he bought a horse and saddle. They've been checking on his cattle. Now her daddy thinks they make a pretty good scene. Her skin was soft as the petals of a rose. She wore cowboy boots and fancy western clothes. Count town is where he landed. Now he's been branded, and this Lone Star State has captured his soul. Stand up, I'm talking about Texas, the greatest state the world has ever known. You can wear your boots and hat, no matter. You're right. From Amarillo down to Seven Tones. Okay, boys. November 13th through 17th for IWMA, the International Western Music Association. Join us at Hotel Albuquerque at Old Town for a fun-filled week listening to great music artists and cowboy poets. It all begins on Wednesday with a kickoff luncheon with Red Stegall and a Western Swing Dance and then concludes on Sunday with a gospel concert. The time between is filled with showcases, concerts, the annual award show, and workshops. For tickets and more information, go to our website, westernmusic.org. We'll see you in Albuquerque. And that's coming up next week in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. (laughs) So that's a a good opportunity for me to ask you. Uh, Of course, years ago, it used to be called country and Western music. But how did you get into doing the Western music? Well, I tell you, it's been about, it was three years ago when I joined the, at the time it was the WMA, now it's the IWMA. <clears throat> and my friend that co-wrote that song, Stand Up, I'm Talking About Texas, Ronnie Bishop, <clears throat> he told me, he said, now, Dawn, you need to go to Albuquerque and you need to get involved with that association because you are Western as well as country. And he said, you're an authentic cowgirl. So I had some songs that I had recorded down through the years that I really hadn't released, and they were more... To, um, you know, they were more towards, leaned towards the Western music. So I put them all together and did an album called Down on Wild Horse Creek, as you know. Uh-huh. And then um, 
it just kind of evolved from there. Well, it doesn't seem to me that there's much difference in in uh, uh, country music and Western music, except the words are a little bit different. And Well, uh, that is true, Gary. And, uh, you know, people ask me all the time, they say, well, what is the difference between Western and country? And that's what I tell them. Basically, it is the lyrics. And uh, there's a little bit different style in the music, but having a real traditional country background, some of my songs, and having the Western swing background, a lot of my music leans towards that. Yeah, yeah. By the way, you've, you've got some pretty famous relatives in the country music world, don't you? I will. I just happen to have a nephew, Joe Diffie, who is really uh, one of my favorite country music artists, and it's not because he's my nephew. It's because he is an awesome talent. Yeah. Well, did he grow up uh, there in Velma? (laughs) Yes, he did. In fact, uh, I started him out singing in a band with me. I was singing in a local band at the time, and I knew from, from singing, you know, we always, whenever we got together, Everybody would sit around and play guitars and play. My mom played the piano and my dad played the fiddle and my brother played the guitar and we would sit around and play music. And, of course, I knew that Joe, I call him Joey because his dad to me was Joe. Anyway, I knew Joey had some special talent. And uh, so when he was 14, I got him out, um, you know, singing at some of the places with me. And I told him at the time, you're going to be a star someday, and he proved me right. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure you're a proud aunt. And uh, Oh, very, very much. Yeah. So do you have any other family that performs? Well, actually, uh, his sister uh, is a songwriter, and she performed for a while, but uh, her family was important to her. And our son sings with me and uh in fact i'm this is kind of a a pre-release information just for you i have a little mini cd that is my son and i that i'm going to release i'm not sure whether i'll release it before the end of the year or shortly thereafter but it's called uh it's a song that uh, we wrote called raising hell in heaven and um I like that. It's, we've got five songs on there, and I'll be releasing that album. I think I'm probably going to release it sometime in December. But but anyway, my son is a great singer also. And my daughter, she sang with me, and but she went, you know, she wanted to take care of her family, so she chose to stay home with her family, but she sang with me a lot also. Yeah. Well, family's important to you, I and and we talked a little bit about you had an offer coming through. Actually, RCA had offered you a contract, yes. but you didn't you didn't take it because of the family, didn't you? That's right. My our son and daughter was just getting into high, getting into junior high, and I just I, I didn't want to miss seeing them every day and and participating and being with them and and uh, all of the activities that they were involved in in school. So 
I decided that I would not take the contract, but I never quit singing and performing. That was just a part of what I do. Right, right. Well, I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you didn't. (laughs) So let's listen to another song from the CD, and it's called One More Last Chance, and we're going to come back and talk more with Don Anita in just a moment when we return on the Campfire Cafe, heard around the world, streaming live, online, and on demand at equestrianlegacy.net. And most of our lives We've been chasing our dreams We've taken many chances Some good and some bad But I wouldn't trade a minute Of the life that we've had If we get one more last chance To realize our dream I know we'll be together Forever I pray When we ride into the sunset given up one more last chance Love has carried us through life's twists and turns We've never regretted the bridges We've burned. I know you'll be there until the very end. You're my lover, my hero, my very best friend. If we get one more last chance to realize our dream. I know we'll be together forever, I pray. When we ride into the sunset, we'll be old and fair. And our journey has given us one
One more last chance. That's Don Anita, and it's from the CD Saddling Up for God, Country, and Cowboys. And uh, I was just thinking during that song, uh, does your does your son want to follow your career? Would he like to be a performer? Well, I, he says he wouldn't, but I think that he would. I mean, he he has such character and such. Um, in his vocals, and and when you get the CD, you'll you'll know that. And uh, he he just has so much. Uh, you know it when it when he's singing. You know that it's him. But he he uh, he probably won't really pursue a career. But he has he does some performances and so forth with me, and has done some recording. I think so. I'll leave that Apple... up to him. Yeah, I think the apple doesn't far fall from the far from the tree when it comes to your family. <laughs> well, I th- I think we it's like you said, you know, uh, it's either in the water here or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Well, there is another song that I want to get to right quickly and it's from the uh, CD The Country and Me and and this is kind of my theme song. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's, it's one that if it's called if more people rode horses and uh did you write this after yes, you yes, Jerry me made and, that and ride? uh well actually uh it if we didn't write i didn't have I haven't had it around a long time but uh I wrote it with that, my co-writer, Ronnie Bishop, and we did talk about the ride when we were writing that song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think folks are going to love this. And again, it's from the CD, The Country and Me. It's one called If More People Rode Horses. We'll be back in just a moment. Each day I think of all they are given Just to make a living They don't have much time to play Well, this kind of life Tough on a husband and wife It's not easy just being friends If more people rode horses, that's what I'm thinking of. There'd be a lot less trouble if couples rode apples right before push comes to shove. There'd be less battles if they'd get back in the saddle. Hold on to the one that they love Yes, there'd be less divorces If more people rode horses That's what I'm 
Wow. That's absolutely so, great. So anyway, I'm really looking forward to being there and getting to see everybody in person, you know. I, I try to keep – there are so many wonderful artists out there, and I try to keep up with them. I can't always get it all done, but I, I just am a fan of so many of them. And uh, I enjoy getting to see with see them and perform with them when I can, and uh, so it's a fun time to get together and see everybody. Well, folks that are listening out there, if you can get to Albuquerque next week, uh, there will be showcases. People will be performing at different times during the day, and uh, uh, and then the award show will be held on Saturday night. So it's it's just a lot of fun for folks to get out and experience some great Western music of all kinds. And uh, and some great folks will be participating in that out there. So it'll be a lot of fun. Be sure and tune in next week at noon when we'll be broadcasting live from the IWMA. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So how did you go about picking the songs for the CD? Well, I tell you, this was kind of a, a labor of love. I wrote uh, nine, or co- wrote or co-wrote nine of the songs, and then uh, two of them are some, you know, that we you played one of them, Oklahoma Hills, right. and then a song that uh, I grew up listening to, uh, Cattle Call, which my daddy used to sing, and of course it was made famous that I knew of by Eddie Arnold, and right. so I decided to do that, but then... Um, you know, writing songs and finding songs or getting ideas, um, you it, like I said, it's a labor of love. <laughs> it takes a lot of work, and a lot of time is involved in writing the songs and then going down and recording them and then getting the CD ready and getting it sent out to everybody. And so it is, it's something I really, I enjoy being in the studio, uh, but I also enjoy live performances. Yeah, yeah. Well, how has it changed over the years, Don Anita? Has Well, <laughs> when I first recorded um, back in 19, I can't even remember my first recording was in the 70s, but anyway, um, it was on a uh, four-track and okay. what I did, I'd never recorded before, and I had called this. I'd met this guy who was with the played uh, with the Texas Playboys, and uh, he liked my voice. And he had a recording studio, and he wanted me to come down and demo some songs. And so I had so many fans that wanted a record, and I called him up one time, and I said, "Well, how much would it cost for five hundred? And at the time, it was a little." 45s. And he right. said, oh, probably about $500. And I thought, well, I could sell them off the bandstand for a dollar a piece and I would <laughs> be all right. <laughs> so I, oh, I went down there and I recorded actually live with the band. And uh, like I say, I had never recorded before. And uh, so what he did is he just put me out there. He knew I was used to singing with the band. So he just put me out there. Uh, with the band, like you see sometimes the first recordings that they would do, uh, oh, you see in the old movies like Loretta did and a lot of the older artists, and that's exactly what he did. He just put me out there, and we recorded five songs, I think, at the time. Oh, that's, that's One great. One of them being a song that led to my 
offer for a contract with RCA. Wow. Wow. The song that have, he you ever, have you ever gone back and re-recorded any of those songs? I have. There's been a, uh, actually on my uh, last album, the song called He's a Cowboy that was written by uh, one of the, he actually fronted the band and I re-recorded that song and, and several of them as time went on. But I, there's a lot of them. I still have that first recording and that first album and of course it's on a LP. Right. And it's called Country Dawn. <laughs> I'll tell you, people used to do LPs and now they're all going back to that again. So that's Well, that's... I've heard that they are and uh, I do love the sound on an LP. It just there it has a little bit different flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can remember when I started in radio back in the 60s, you used to just get the 45s and you'd cue them up and you'd play them and now everything is digital, you know. That's you just... right. <laughs> it has changed so much and really recording uh the way I record now is so much different than when I recorded for a long time, you know, it would be not necessarily live with the band like I did the first my first recordings. But I would, you know, then you're in a little booth and the band is playing and you sing along and you, and then you can do what they call a scratch vocal and you went back in and did that. And now, because it's all digital, uh, you can get all of the music and everything on there and then you can go back in and put your voice on. And so it has changed completely, really, over yeah, the years. Everybody. Everything has changed from the way that you record to the way things are distributed today versus back then. It absolutely so, has. <laughs> yeah. And I think in a lot of ways it's easier for folks to get their music out there than it used to be. Well, it is. And especially now because of uh, radio programs like yours and Internet radio, the an independent artist can have great exposure where for so many years there – if you weren't on a major label, uh, it was hard to be heard. But now right. there is, there are so many great independent. Uh, well, they, you know, the internet and the right. radio shows. So it, it's great for an independent artist. Well, let's play another one of your great songs that our worldwide audience of a quarter of a million people can take a listen to. And it's one called My Oklahoma Cowboy, and we'll be right back. I don't doubt all that bragging's true But I'll bet you there is one in Oklahoma That can beat them all at what they claim to do Looking mighty fine 
For my work's done for the day and the stars are in the sky We'll sit around the campfire dreaming of the days gone by Give me the cattle and coyotes that cry And I'll be a cowboy till the day that I die where wild horses go running free neath prairie skies of blue way out there is the place for me where all my dreams come true give me my rope and my old 45 and i'll be a cowboy till the day that i die Howdy folks, I'm Butch Hawes, musician, engineer, producer, and owner of the Ranger Station Studio. You know, cowboy poetry records the heartbeat of the working West, a tradition that spans three centuries. Its enduring popularity is evident at cowboy poetry gatherings all across the country, and its presence is a daily occurrence on numerous social media platforms. Leading the way in this unique world of rhyming buckaroos is the Center for Western and Cowboy Poetry and the website cowboypoetry.com. Together, they celebrate Cowboy Poetry Week and its Outreach Rural Library program every year in the third week of April. They're committed to serving rural communities and preserving and promoting our nation's Western heritage. So if you're like me, and I know I am, you'll want to find out more at cowboypoetry.com. And thanks for listening. Welcome back, and it's time for Saddle of America with our good friend, Mr. Jim McGarvey, the past national chairman of Backcountry Horsemen of America. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Gary. Glad to be on here again. Thank you. Well, we kind of uh, had some technical problems last month, so we, we missed you. Yeah. Well, that's the first have... time in six or seven years, yeah, that you had that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate technology. I hate technology. <laughs> but anyway, we're we're all together now, so always yes. the first Thursday of the month, it's time for Backcountry Horsemen, and you have a very special guest today, Jim. Why don't you tell us yeah. who it is and introduce him? Yes, uh, you know, we over the years we've had, uh, you know, the second, uh, you know, the number two in the Forest Service and, and all these type of folks, and and I think uh, I wanted to get back down to the trail, right down to the trail dust and, and being on the trails. And so I got um, a longtime friend, family friend, uh, and his wife and kids uh, with uh, with ours, uh, uh, you know, Craig Waldron. And Craig, uh, we used to live just uh, 10 miles apart. And then Craig, uh, now we've moved over time, uh, over about uh, 
hour and a half apart or more, but um, but we still uh, ride a lot together. Uh, we rode uh, about uh, two weekends ago for the weekend, and then in about a couple of weeks we're going to be riding again down at Swanee uh, in, uh, in Florida, uh, the music park, which is a neat place, Gary, if you can get down there. Uh, yeah. But, uh, we, but Craig, yeah, we'll talk about that too one of these days, uh, and uh, but... Uh, just a little bit of an introduction with uh, with Craig, a uh, good friend. Uh, hello, Craig. You on all right? I'm here. I'm ready to go. Okay, good deal. Let me give a little background. It's it, like I said, it's a little different. Um, we met. I was I was saying about 30 years ago. Um, our daughters were in the 4-H, which means at 10, 11, 12 years old back then, uh, the horse horse and pony club 4-H uh, in our county back then, and. Um, we had, uh, there were three of us, uh, three dads, well, there were a lot of dads, but let's just say the three of us was uh, Craig and I and Bill Amari um, and his daughter, Tasha Amari, who is now my large animal vet, so that's a connection there. But um, there we, 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 um, uh, we kind of put the 4-H shows on. Um, Bill, uh, Bill would do the cooking the hamburgers and stuff. We called it Bill's Better Burgers. Uh, Craig would do the setup of the arenas, you know, changing it from uh, the Western pole bending to uh, you know, English jumping and all that, a whole day, all day long thing. And, and uh, of course, the Big Mouth Jim here was the announcer back then. It's, nothing's changed. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, we even went to all, even down and down to um, that was down in Perry, Georgia, uh, which has the National uh, Fairgrounds, which is a huge uh, equine vending place uh, around the nation and uh it draws from around the nation and we were the first horse event in the new arena and uh they they built this giant neat place and uh the state 4-h show was the first one and um uh, so uh, kind of interesting about that so that week uh you could leave your 4-h'er down there for the week uh with the university of georgia school of veterinary medicine and they had uh, vet, you know, they had uh, horse training and, and riding and everything for that whole week, and uh, and they played. Um, uh, I well, it was kind of funny because my oldest daughter, I think all dads get into this, their kids start listening to music that the dads don't like, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that was happening then, and then that's when Garth Brooks came out with Friends in, in Low Places, and yeah. that week, and all the all the vet people just played country music all week, and so my. Daughters came back with country music, <laughs> so I don't think that's changed. So uh, that was good, but it was good. It, we go so we go back a long, long ways, and uh, great, great to have Craig on. And uh, welcome, Craig. How you doing? I'm doing fine, Jim. The um, I want to uh, got kind of laid out here things to talk about, but um, um, maybe maybe you could tell us a little bit about. Uh, your time in horses, how you got into horses, um, uh, you and Susan, and and what, how big of a part of your life horses are. <laughs> so. Well, you know, dads usually just stand around and pay the bills, and uh, <laughs> and watch the girls have fun. And I guess that's probably pretty much what I was. But uh, Gary, how how many years have you known Jim? Well, I guess it's been about seven years or eight, going on eight now. Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, have you ever been time flies. Gary, have you ever been out to Jim's place? I have not. I have not. I'm, I'm sure it's a lovely place out there. 
It is a log cabin that you would just look at a log cabin brochure, and there, you know, it'd be on the front page. I mean, it's gorgeous. And, and <laughs> wow. off the back of the house, you look out the back, and you see a, a rushing creek where people can kayak and float down the, their backyard, literally. And out the front, you look down, and you see their uh, beautiful barn and the rolling hills, and it's really a, just a gorgeous place. But since you haven't spent much time with with uh, Jim, I've never been I've never been invited, Craig. Oh, That's the thing. I've never been invited. We're kind of picky and we're, we're kind of choosy. Yeah. <laughs> no, you need well, to come I by, Gary. To, yeah. <laughs> I have to warn you, Gary. I have to warn you, because they were trying to impress a new park ranger, who had was not a horseback rider. And so they said, well, we ought to take you horseback riding. If you're going to be a ranger here, you need to see the trails from the from the horse's back. So this, right. this young fellow, he got his new blue jeans on and his brand-new boots on, and he looked like a cowboy. <laughs> and Jim Cindy went out and took him for a trail ride. And, uh, Jimmy, I guess I'll let you finish the story. Well, it was uh, – yeah. The uh, yeah, he hadn't been on a horse, but he got his new boots and stuff. Uh, he come from Utah over to here, but he just never been on a horse. wasn't a horse person, and wow. so uh, we we took uh, we thought we'd take him out on the you know the quickest way to to see the new trails in his ranger district was to be on a horse, you know. And so right. uh, we went out riding around. It was December. I remember now it was December eighth, and so it was cold. But we were riding, and it, as you come back in towards the end, back to the trailhead. The creek gets really deep, the only place to cross, and it can be up to the belly of your horse, you know, even on a good day. So right. uh, you have to lift your feet up and everything. So he's on one of our horses, <laughs> and I'm behind him. And I know our horse, this horse, liked to roll, even if you saw a little muddy hole in the water, you know, along the trail. <laughs> so I had a big branch. I had a big branch in my hand. I was really going to crack the butt, you know, to get, a, get the horse across the thing. Anyway, when I... Go to swing. My horse saw the stick and you know, bolted away, and the horse rolls over into the water, completely <laughs> dunking him. And so he had to, he had to pour his new boots water out of his boots. And so I ran into him uh, at the uh, the Forest Service had a big the meeting uh, trails meeting, and so I was there, and he was there, and he said, "Yep." He said it was December eighth at eleven oh five. He knew the day. <laughs> So, but he got a laugh out of it. But it was, yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, so. you, ever, on him, you know what I mean, Gary? Yeah, did, did you ever get him back on a horse, Jim? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, oh, is also, Jim is kind of a mathematician. So when you look out his the back of the front of the, the house and you look down the rolling hills in this gorgeous long barn, he and a friend built that barn. And I'll bet you you don't know how many nails are in your barn, Gary, but Jim, I have no idea. Uh, we have, there's 20, just around, right at 29,000 nails. <laughs> <So> <laughs> all of them put in with a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I've never known anybody to count nails. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Another, another little fact uh, uh, Jim's kind of a reader. And he's need a little bookshelf downstairs in in the house. Uh huh. <laughs> How many books do you have on that? Well, if you uh, I, well because Craig helped uh, Craig uh, has 
does great carpentry work, and Craig helped me, you know, built the shelves, and so I had to measure the books, you know, how many books we got here. And it turns out uh, on the shelves down here, I got uh, nearly 85 yards of books on, on end. And oh, in the whole house, it's just there's some, just a little over a football field length of books. Oh, uh, uh, yes. Gosh. <laughs> and you've read every one. Well, yeah. parts of every one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, Gary, uh, I'm not coming to your house to build bookshelves. I, I'm just not going to do that. I'll remember that. I'll remember that. Oh, God. Well, that's just Too a much. few little things about uh, your friend uh, Jim there. Well, the one thing on the river I'm looking at right now, I'm little, my little office here, I can look down at the back at the river, and it's the river from the movie Deliverance. Uh, the, oh, wow. Now, it, now, the movie was made on the, uh, you know, about building the dam, and they went down for the last time. Um, the dam is uh, uh, 18 miles up this river, but they had to film it on the, the Chattoog in, in uh, you know, North Carolina, because this one was already dammed. But uh, it's about this river, and... Uh, uh, so yeah, I just gotta hear the music at night, you know, that from the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. We go back a long time. We do with, with horses and uh I I have a I didn't grow up riding, uh, my wife did and so that was just a natural for the family and uh all of our friends. But Jim had asked me about uh, some of the different places that we've ridden in Alabama. And uh, I have to mention, too, um, one is Rock Ridge Canyon, which is uh, mm-hmm. now I think it's on there, another name, but that's a gorgeous place up in the north end of, of uh, Alabama. And then uh-huh. Seven Springs. Seven Springs has got what they call the Rattlesnake uh, Restaurant, and it's a right. big cap. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you ever go- Googled that? It is it is a neat, neat place. They have a, a bar, a restaurant, Wait. a dance area. We've had Have both of them on the show, and we've had both of oh, them yeah. on the show in oh, the past. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't so they have a fire funny. down at Rattlesnake not too long ago? Yes, they did. Yes, they yeah. did. And I, I hope they're getting back their their feet on the ground. Yeah. You know, I was uh, one day we went over there for lunch, and as far as you could see, there was trailers. And we went, and I looked around. Golly, it's a big thing. We went to the restaurant, and there was nobody in it. Wow. So I went back up to the office, and I said, what's going on? I mean, all these trailers, and nobody's in the restaurant. And he said, what well, kind of funny thing? And he said, uh, you're not from the IRS, are you? And I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> he, said, he said, well, he said, these guys asked if they could do a chuck wagon race. And I, he said, sure, it sounded like fun. He said, so I didn't think too much about it. He said, there's 3,000 people out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Boy, Reggie, Reggie puts on the chuck wagon races out there, doesn't he? Golly. Yeah. <laughs> he said he was crazy. So, yeah. you know, it's amazing when you just word them out. Uh, horse people are different. They are different. They are, but they're yeah. good folks. They're good folks. They are, yeah. Hey, yeah. I, 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 have to, I have to mention something because it is something that we all need to be a pay, pay attention to, especially with the quantity of, of bike people infringing on our trails. Um, mm. You know, I belong to a couple of chapters, so I won't get into names or anything, but 
they had a, a situation where uh, you know forty percent of the people that come to this place are bike people, and they've got their own bike trails, and, and that's fine. And and horse people are about ten percent of the uh, the people that come there, and then you have walkers and boaters and yada yada. But the bottom line was, uh, here's a horse person that's kind of chewing out one of the employees, and you know it just kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth uh, when one of us. Uh, you know, don't mind their manners right. because a lot of people can do away with the 10% of their business and just stay with mm-hmm. the bike people. You know, yeah. right. you know who are you going to cater to? 40% of your business that are bike people and 10% that are, that are horse people? Yeah. We, we, we need to all be careful. Uh, to this morning I was out at Camp McClellan. I was going to put some more maps out, and there somebody had dumped half-burned road, wood in the parking lot. It's kind of like, oh, wow. okay. You know, okay, so I drug the trash can over and picked it up. But, I mean, we're trying to get a grant, and this is not the kind of, uh, you know, if we brought a bunch of people out to look around and see the facility and and there would be a bunch of junk in the parking lot, not the greatest of first impression. Yeah. So um, we all just have to kind of think about that. As we are representing a group of people, everything we do, we are basically under the microscope when you screw up. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, and that's the same way with cleaning your trailer out in the parking lot and leaving it. You need to pack everything right, yeah, up exactly. and go yeah. with it. So leave a good impression when you're out on the trails. Leave no trace. Isn't that right, Jim? Yes. And, uh, so simple. In no. fact, I think we're going to have to put those signs up just because people – don't realize that that is so important. Mm-hmm. I think we've Absolutely. all been on the trail and seen a beer can or a can thrown away. And I, you know, I understand the people dropping their water and not being able to get off because a lot of people can't are older and they can't get off. But there's no excuse for a beer can uh, in, my, no. in my book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where is your favorite place to ride in Alabama? Well, I'm prejudiced. Is that okay? Um, That's okay. I like to, yeah, we just started the uh, McClellan. Uh, Fort McClellan was closed down back in uh, 95, and it was uh, what, like 10,000 acres. It was, it was a large military base from uh, 1898. It was called Camp Ship, and then we did in, in 1912, it was an Army Training Center with 20,000 troops in, in 1917. Uh, we had uh, that's when the Congress declared war on Germany. Went up to 27,000 troops there in 40 and 41. We had 50,000 for World War II, and then it became the home for a military police corps, uh, WAC base. In fact, we got a little claim to fame here. Uh, Major General Mary E. Clark. She was appointed the commanding general office of uh, Fort McClellan. She was the first female officer ever to be in command of a major U.S. Army installation. Uh. So uh, two points to the wax, and that's good. And <laughs> during Vietnam in 66, we had 30,000 people here. And then in 95, they closed the base. But wow. this base provided 81 years of service to America. And wow. so we, it is a beautiful place. And... Uh, about five years ago, uh, the bike people was were, were or have done a great job. I, I 
certainly cannot uh, criticize them at all for all the work they've done, and they really have have, have gotten nice trails, and they, they always seem to have deep pockets or find deep pockets. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> They have done done a very respectable job in developing our area into into biking, and they've got eight major races in our area. But wow. when they approach the um, the community, the uh, the MDA board, which is the McClellan Development Authority board, because their job was to try to turn this space into an economic generator. And uh, it's been difficult for them because a lot of it, their water is insufficient there, and you know, so there's a lot of land, but it's not really ready for industrial or, or home building, as per se. But uh, they managed to get $650,000 from the board to develop additional bike trails. And when I saw that figure, it kind of kicked myself and several other people into saying, wait a minute, we need horse trails here. This is right. ridiculous. Thousands and thousands of acres So Long story short We finally got 900 acres And it was an area Where the uh, where they did Training for Vietnam So we have tank tra- Existing tank trails On this 900 acres And we would not have gotten it Had it not been for Uh the county, the county came to our rescue. Basically, we backcountry horsemen could not sign a lease at, at, like they wanted. So the county took it over, and the county has just done excellent things. They are, they've really been great. Uh, Mr. J.D. Hess, who is our uh, county commissioner, he's a horse person, which always helps. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he wants. He wants it to be a first-class facility. He wants uh, trails, not only first-class, but he wants a signage first-class. He wants to put in uh, showers and a restroom facility. He wants power. He wants sewage. And he's rocking and rolling. So uh, after they signed the lease, I think it was four days, they had a $6,000 pipe put in so he could get in easily. Gravel brought in. They put in a humongous parking area. And uh, he wants 100 campsites for RVs. So oh, that's no great. Slowing him down. <laughs> so that is all, great. It's like 15 minutes so from our house. So naturally, that's my favorite place. Yeah. Now, where is that located? That's in Anniston, Alabama. Anniston, we, Alabama. We, you know, Alabama, that North Alabama is really kind of a nice area. It's got, uh, we've got mm-hmm. three major canoe and kayak renting facilities. In the and there's 44 miles of the Tallapoosa River and the Tarpon Creek to float down. Uh, they just finished a 10-day, 650-mile paddle boat race along the Alabama Scenic River Trail with a $22,000 in prize money. Oh wow! So we got yeah. I kind of kind of starting to sound like a chamber of commerce, but but it is a, <laughs> it's a nice area. Because we don't have much manufacturing, as as a lot of plants, uh, a lot of counties don't. So right. to be able to use natural resources as an economic generator is nice. That's great. That is great. Well, we want to take a quick break and come back and talk more with Craig and with Jim. And uh, we're going to take a listen to a great song by Miss Mary Kay. It's called Horse Labor, Horse Lover. And we'll be right back on Saddle Up America. Grass ain't six bucks a bale now, back feet is up again. The beans and ramen noodles are the same. 
The shoer's wanting cash now and grass is getting thin. But the pasture's starting back now from that rain. Payments aren't too bad on my fancy two-horse land. Sure it's dandy hobbing to the trail. I'm living in a single wire to afford the things I can. Just found another vet bill in the mail. I'm pulling on to the end of my road. As long as I've got horses, I've got horses. I've got one of those hearts that don't beat to a drummer. It just gallops along because I'm a horse lover. Uh, Jim pulled my leg. 
Uh, yes. Yeah. Several yeah, uh, years ago, he he yeah. was so involved with it, and we really didn't have uh, too much going on over here. But we've grown. Uh, we now have. Uh, well, and we. I guess we always did have uh, the uh, central organization, which is at Oak Mountain State Park, just south of Birmingham, and they've got about 50 members, and that's where we originally joined. And then we've got one up in Warrior. So we have five different chapters in Alabama. We Great. have a Warrior Mountain, and they're they're about of, uh, out of uh, Bankhead National Forest, and they've got about 50 members. Then we've got the Northeast Alabama chapter out of Southernsville, Alabama, and they have about 30 members. And uh, we'll be riding up there this weekend. They've got a fundraiser, and I imagine they'll have 50 or 60. They put on a great spread, but that's uh, that Valley Delirium is a very pretty area. Lakes all around, so if you ride, you're pretty much looking at the lake sometime. Uh, we've also got the Mississippi Alabama base, and it's, it's based down in northeast Alabama, and I don't remember what their membership is. And then our McClellan, uh, we've uh, we've grown quite well. Under, uh, I think it's less than two years, we're now up to 134 members. And I'm not sure, but but I would guess we are probably the fastest growing membership in backcountry horsemen. Wow. Uh, I I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yes. 134. And, and of course, every time I say that, my wife corrects me. So it's either if I say it's 100, she says it's 132. And then I tell somebody else it's 132, she says it's 134. So I I think the the other night, I think we were at a restaurant, I mentioned 134, and she said, no, it's 135. So. Doesn't that sound Uh, about right, guys? Well, we got to have these ladies will keep us in line for sure. Yeah, yeah. So your wife is active as well. Yes, she is. Fact, uh, she's secretary for the state of Alabama. All right, all right. So, so what kind of projects are you guys working on? Well, we we've got about ten miles of basic trails that were put in by the tanks. And uh, now we're, we broke our area of 900 acres up into nine sectors, so it would be a little bit easier to manhandle. And in each sector, we have then taken the bush hog, and uh, we're starting to cut trails off the main roads. So each sector out of the 900 acres will have additional trails off of that. And so that's what we're, we've done, sector one and sector two. Now the next time we'll, we'll, we'll build additional trailers off section three and section four so then we have uh, we we cut it with bush hog and then we have our work days and we usually run 20 30 people out there uh during the work day with chainsaws and and uh four wheelers and uh in fact sunday was a gorgeous day susan and i went out and we cut 20 trees wow well that wow. that were down from a storm and i gotta i gotta i gotta tell you guys <laughs> i uh I had a funny experience uh, about a month ago or two months ago now. Uh, we were cleaning some trails at uh, Oak Mountain, and I bought one of those 40-watt 40, uh, 40 battery-operated chainsaws. Okay. And I stuck it in the back of the four-wheeler, and uh, these two guys turned around and said, you know, what's that crap going to do? And they loaded their big chainsaws in the back of the four-wheeler and took off. And I said, guys, I'm just trying this out. I just want to see what it will do. 
so they we got the first tree and they pulled the chainsaw out and wumble, 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 <laughs> trying to get it started. I pulled my little trigger and I just started cutting and cutting and cutting. Finally, one guy threw his chainsaw back, grabbed another chainsaw, and it was boom, boom. This doggone thing worked this morning. I don't know what's wrong with it. I'm just cutting with my little 40 watt battery. Oh, gosh. That is funny. So, that is you know, funny. I'm pretty small now. Susan and I went out and cut 20 trees with that. And I took four batteries with me. I keep them charged up. I've also got a battery mm-hmm. charger that just plugged into the, or not a battery charger. Yeah, a battery charger that plugs into the inverter that plug comes off the four-wheeler battery. Right. So um, oh, nice. I keep my batteries charged as we're, as we're working. But uh, okay. I'm pretty sold on those, on those uh, electric chainsaw guys. Yeah. Just, yeah. As you pull them out in the wintertime, now that it's wintertime, then they didn't, you didn't use them all summer long, and they don't start. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So everybody rush out and get you a battery-operated chainsaw and just have at it. But, uh, yeah. So one but of the we things. Are, uh, we, we are no, go trying to – we're going for a grant, and uh, this is going to be a pretty good-sized grant, so I don't want to talk too much about it. don't want to uh, you know, jinx it. Right, but we we do they need the money for the restrooms, and uh, they want to blacktop the tr- the main road coming in, and so we've got got big plans. We really do. Oh, that's great. That's great. Now, Rob, our friend Robert Eversole, who is out in Washington, uh, always talks about how much he enjoys getting together with Backcountry Horsemen of America, and and particularly the work days, because he tells me that the food is unbelievable. Is it the same way down in Alabama? Well, we've been just down to burgers and hot dogs right now, but this <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to this weekend because the uh, that group up there in up there in uh, Gunnersville they know how to put a spread on. So I have yeah. a feeling it has to do with uh, with the the chefs. <laughs> there you go. There you go. How, how active, uh, Jim? How active are they in Georgia with Backcountry Horsemen of America? I don't think we've ever talked about this. Well, we've got uh, we've got four chapters. The first one, uh, well, I started <laughs> was uh, in uh, because the Forest Service is going to close some trails and give us a bit of a hard time. And and some friend of ours, friends of ours, would go to Wyoming every summer, and they knew about the Backcountry Horsemen. And she said, "Well, you know, there's a group called the Backcountry Horsemen out Wyoming that they're out west." And um, uh, so I looked into it, and we uh, we I remember. Uh, we had a kickoff meeting in uh, J, Georgia, a little town up here, and uh, uh, I was giving a little talk. I don't know why I'm always the one talking, but anyway, droning on. But I got up in front, and I was saying how we have a problem here, you know, we need to raise some money because we thought we were going to have to get an attorney. You know, we didn't know exactly what the next steps were. And the first person that got up, she said, well, I got $96 in my purse, and here you can have it all. And we had about 100 people in the room. And so we raised about nine thousand dollars that night. You know, she gave oh, only wow. five dollars. You know, but wow. she gave ninety six. And so uh, uh, that kind of kicked it off. And then we started. Uh, uh, we've got North Georgia, then Northeast Georgia, uh, that kind of laps over the uh, river into part of South Carolina. And then there's uh, Central Georgia that takes in Augusta and that area. And then Northwest is the one I'm living in now. And speaking of new chapters, I. Uh, uh, they're starting a new one in South Carolina, and I was on the conference call with them. It's kind of interesting about this because the same thing, they're having trouble with uh, you know, government agencies allowing horses. 
And um, so we're talking about whether to start one in Charleston or, you know, in the middle of the state of Columbia and that. And so, but they're kicking off there. I guess I'll go over there and give a talk to when uh, we get, you know, how to get it going. But uh, right. so, yeah, it's usually been um, an issue that somebody's come up against and they say, who can help us with this, you know, and uh, with the government and wanting to close trails. And uh, what it, which occurred to me, uh, <laughs> Craig, that um, if anybody says anything about horses versus bikes or that, tell them that, that you know, Fort McClellan is named after the Civil War General George McClellan. Mm-hmm. He sure had horses back then, and they ought to keep mm-hmm. the tradition uh, uh, going, at least in his name, you know, because he was a famous Civil War general on a horse. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exactly. Saddle was named yeah. after him, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. saddles too. That's right. Yes, and uh, yeah. of course uh, Lincoln re- replaced him. But anyway, <laughs> don't have to mention that part. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the important things for people to realize is that backcountry horsemen all across the country get together and they are working diligently to expand trails and to clear trails and keep our trails open. And uh, and so that really is, as far as we're concerned, is what this is all about, is uh, keeping our trails open for well, people. That it, it is, and, and and bringing up Robert Eversall, uh, one of the things he does, uh, he trains folks. He has training sessions and clinics, and I think mm-hmm. that happens all around the country. Robert's one of the top ones, I, I would think, but, um, especially in the area that he lives and works in. But uh, it keeps a tradition of... of uh, trails and some of the you know old standards and how to i think people know how to how to run a chainsaw if you have if you own one but how to do it safely how not to cut your leg off how not to you know just a lot of stuff so i think our the backcountry training and and that also helps to uh carry the tradition down through the years um you know uh, and not just keeping the trails open but showing folks how to do it <laughs> yeah 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 well for our listeners uh, out there yes sir uh, you know, we talk about backcountry horsemen, and you, it's hard to kind of get a feel of, of the value. But that's uh, 14,000 members, and they're they're d- dedicated to keep the trails open for all the public lands. All right, volunteer hours for 2018 were 322,000 hours, and that equals wow. equates to 12.1 million dollars in donated work to America. Wow. Wow. And being a 501c3, it's just, it really is a great, great group. Uh, mm. So that's it. They really do provide a lot for America and for people who like to be outdoors. It's for all trails. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's, uh, that's another thing. You know, get involved with Backcountry Horsemen of America. Become a member and get involved and get out and help do your part to keep these trails open. And uh, and enjoy some of the good spread of food that they have at some of these events that they have. <laughs> you know, you may get more than hamburgers and hot dogs if you show up. <laughs> but uh, uh, guys, oh, I want to I want to I want to mention something to you. Monday is Veterans Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, we thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Uh, we are hosting an event at the Circle E Guest Ranch in Tennessee. It's between Nashville and Chattanooga. 
Uh, it will be June the 18th through the 20th. And uh, this is being done to raise money for the Mustang Heritage Foundation's veterans program. They work with veterans that are suffering from PTSD. Oh, right. yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as Veterans Day is approaching, that's something that we need to keep in mind. Um, I was talking with a friend of mine with BLM last week. He served five tours. And uh, he sent me a message the other day, and he said, uh, I've just have had another friend commit suicide with PTSD. <sighs> so every 22 minutes, a serviceman or woman in this country commits suicide. And the power of horses is just unbelievable to help, mm -hmm. uh, to help with this PTSD, both for the our military men and women, but also their families. And so that event's going to be taking place. We are partnering with the Mustang Heritage Foundation and with the BLM to put this event on. Uh, plenty of great trail riding will be going on for three days. We'll have Fred Wool, who is with uh, the BLM. He is with the uh, uh, he's the chairman of the advisory board for BLM's uh, Wild Horse and Burrow program. He's going to be doing demonstrations on Saturday and doing a question and answer session. And then Jim and Craig, we are going to be auctioning ox. I'll say this in a minute: auctioning off <laughs> uh, thirty Mustangs that have been through the Trainers Incentive Program. Wow. 30 Mustangs. <laughs> 30 Mustangs. We'll have 10 burros, and I understand the burros are harder than a firecracker because they're hard to come by. Uh, uh, we'll be doing that. Equus Film Festival. It's been in New York for the past seven years, and this December will be at the Kentucky Horse Park, are going to be coming down, and they will be showing films and documentaries for our weekend, so that will be taking place on Friday and Saturday. And uh, uh, and then we have great musical concerts that will take place on Friday night and Saturday night. And uh, it's just a wonderful event that will be taking place. You can meet the, the folks from the Mustang Heritage Foundation. You can meet folks from the BLM. You can talk with the Bureau of Land Management's advisory board about the things that are going on because we need to be doing something to help save America's Mustang. But not only that, we are doing this all to help the servicemen and women in this country that are suffering with PTSD. And uh, we're doing that through Mustang Heritage Foundation's veterans program. So, do you have that page? Uh, if you go to our website, equestrianlegacy.net, equestrianlegacy.net, and click on Rendezvous 2020, we have all the information there on the events that will be taking place, as well as uh, links and phone numbers to make reservations at Circle E, or with our host hotel, which is great, uh, uh, Best Western, uh, in Winchester, Tennessee. So all of that information is on our website, and of course we keep updating that uh, as well. And uh, we had a good time in the last a few years back when you had the the ride at Circle. We, yes, yes. 
Yeah. We did. Yeah. We did. And it's the only time that you and I and Cindy have met. So I know it's so crazy. <laughs> it was it was a great a great time, but we look forward to a great event. It's a great facility. Yes. And uh, so we encourage you guys. It's not far from Georgia or Alabama to come on up to no, huh? to Winchester, Tennessee, and take part in that. And uh, our listeners out there, this is the first time we've announced this on the air uh, because you know, I've been putting things together, and so we're we're we've just almost got everything set up and ready to go. But uh, hey, can you say uh, that link again, uh, Gary? Could you say it? how do you get the link again? Yeah, it's equestrianlegacy.net. Right, equestrianlegacy.net, and just uh, oh, and yeah, just I see. Go, yes, Rendezvous twenty twenty. Okay, got it. Just go to Rendezvous twenty twenty. Yeah, and uh, you can okay. get all the information there about what's going on. So we've got some great entertainment in the evening for folks, but there'll be plenty of time to ride. And then on Saturday, all of these activities and and this mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mustang and Burrow auction will be taking place. Okay. So. Just just a, a plug right there, but again, that's the first time oh, we've been asked yeah, it today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're we're looking forward to this. It's going to be a great. And people have already started making reservations, so don't wait. Go ahead and make your reservations yes, early because okay. people have already started uh, doing that. So anyway, you guys have been absolutely great. Always a lot of fun to have you on, Jim, and you always bring such interesting guests like Craig. And uh, and I found out more about Jim McGarvey than I even wanted to know uh, about a guy, would, a guy that would count nails going into his barn is kind of hard to. Well, no, no, no. The way you do it, the efficient way is you you do like uh, ten by ten square footage of the of the wall that's currently up, and you count the yeah. nails and you multiply it by the you divide it into the total barn wall size, and then it gets quickly. <laughs> Aren't you sorry so you I didn't, asked? I didn't count. I didn't count nail by nail, you know. <laughs> uh, well, some people are just obsessive, you know. So anyway, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. a lot of fun. Be sure and check out bcha.org. Uh, you can find chapters in your area there and uh, and get involved and join Backcountry Horsemen of America and help to keep these trails open for all trail riders all across the country. So you guys have been absolutely great. Thank you for your time today. Well, thank you, Gary. Thank you, Gary. Yeah. You're very welcome. So we're going to take a listen to a song by Miss Mickey Daniel, and it's one called Skyball Paint. We'll be back in just a moment. Craig and Jim, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Singing high, lad, don't you make him mad. He's the devil's great-grandson, and he's doing his best to tame the West till day that he's done. Where the grease with bats were stets and hats and the bad men all run free. Where they sold the jail at a bargain sale, that's the land for me. Where the desert ants wear buckskin pants and help to rule the land. With the bats and the ants and the buckskin pants, I'll rule with an iron hand. Singing high, oh, whoopie tie, oh, ride em high and down you go. Sons of the western soul, sons of the western soul. And his eyes were fiery red Good men have tried this horse to ride But all of them are dead Now I won't brag but I rode this neck Those blood began to boil And then I hit the ground And ain't three pounds of good old Texas sword Singing high, oh, whoopie tie, oh Ride them high and down 
know I 